You're listening to the System Samey podcast, episode number 193. Today, we're going to be talking about how to kill your freebies forever. So stay tuned. Hey, I'm Jordan, and my business love language is efficiency, because who doesn't want to sip pina coladas on the beach while your business runs on autopilot? We're here to help overworked one-woman shows become streamlined solopreneurs. And now with over 150,000 downloads, this is the System Save Me podcast. Hey, y'all. This guest is somebody that I've admired for years. And I think what she's doing is so smart and so innovative in the space. And I couldn't wait to have her be a part of the podcast so you guys could get in on her goodness too. So Miss Allie, how are you doing today? Hey, thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to be here. I'm doing great. How about you? Yes, I'm doing pretty fantastic. Can't complain, you know? Good. So uh, before we get into your four-step framework, which I absolutely love, we're going to be just getting to know you and your business. So let us know a little bit about you. Sounds good. So I work, I specialize in Facebook ads and sales funnels. And on a topic that people might be starting to recognize a little bit is how to help people create tiny offers in their business. So just to give a little bit of background on what a tiny offer actually is, it's a front end funnel where you use a lower ticket product, like a 27, you know, something in that range that's going to help people easily make a decision to buy kind of an impulse purchase helping people design those offers to really attract a higher ticket buyer in their business and what that flow looks like and helping people design that overall structure and system in their business. Yes, exactly. And just as like a fun fact, I suppose, is that I bought Allie's course and I have been implementing it in my business. And from the organic side, what's been fun is I had about 114 people buy my $37 offer. And then about 44% of those people bought my $17 order bump. And then from there, it was important for me, instead of having a one-time offer, at least for right now, I have people applying for my group coaching program. And what's been cool is organically, I had about 10 applications out of those 114. And then two of those bought one pay in full and one monthly, which again is, about $8,500 on the back end. And so, you know, I am definitely somebody who believes in what Ali is teaching. And I think that there's a lot of people teaching it. And I wouldn't necessarily per se agree with all how everyone else is teaching it. So that's why I have Ali on the podcast. And I wanted to share my own experience with her as well, just so that you know, kind of what it is that we're going to be diving into and my own experience with it. So again, we're going to be talking about the four step framework to killing your freebies forever, which is such a juicy title. I'm obsessed with it. And so how about you talk to us about kind of both like what your business looked like as well as like your clients' businesses now and your students' businesses now before they killed their freebies. (laughs) Yeah. That's such a triggering topic for people too. When I was running ads, one of my highest converting and also like most engaged ad, the headline was nobody wants your freebie. And it was so like, people were so angry in the comments, like people love my freebie. Like, awesome. How many of those people are actually giving you money end of the day? Because that's what matters. You know, we are business owners. We do need to make money. So to speak to your point of what my business was like before launching my own tiny offer, which was kind of the catalyst for this entire experience of creating this group program and also the course version of what I'm teaching. I was a service provider. I was building ads for ad campaigns. I was building funnels. I was helping people with traffic and launches and 
you know, kind of doing all the things for other people. And I always had a little bit of FOMO of wishing that I had my own funnel, that I had my own products. And I finally, you know, the thing that got me started because it was simple to launch, you know, I knew what it looked like to build a funnel and it wasn't weeks and weeks and weeks of promotion. It wasn't a big webinar that I had to show up for live. This was like the easy way for me to kind of dip my toe in the water of starting to launch digital products and, and grow my business in that direction. So if I look in my active campaign report from my context of when I started using tiny offers to grow my list versus like relying on freebies, I went from maybe 400 people on my list to over 30,000 now since having advertised my tiny offer over the last 12 months. But before that, I had, you know, I had a freebie on my website. I'd maybe mention it on podcast interviews or, you know, when I did Facebook lives and I had only amassed 400 people after like five years of trying. Oh my gosh, I know. And after, <laughs> I mean, granted that wasn't my major focus because a lot of my business came in through referrals, but I was ready to grow. I was ready to scale. And just watching that like hockey stick style growth of this is when I started running ads. This is when I had a return on investment that I could see daily that really helped my business skyrocket. And it's even what a lot of people don't talk about is the psychology that happens of, you know, like building authority behind your brand when you start showing up as someone who's advertising, as someone who's actively selling something and someone that people are seeing every single day. It's like a, a flip, a switch flips in people's heads of like, okay, now you're the person I trust on this topic. I'm seeing you in my newsfeed all the time. You have all of this visibility that you're not actively, you're not like hustling all the time. Like I turn on my ads, I walk away, I go play with my kids and like, exactly. I'm still in people's news feeds all day long. Yeah, which is great because I definitely am not somebody who loves to create a lot of content. You know, I have this podcast, which I love because I get to talk to people. So that's really what that's about. And then secondly, I do like weekly videos of lessons or different things. But I think there definitely will become a point where I'm like, not going to do all that again. Like, you know, I've been in business four years and I'm just like, y'all know every like one I have to repeat myself and secondly you know I think that you have to really start to look at your energy once you get to a certain point in business and you know yes it's good to get out there and do lead generation and all that sort of stuff from like a live content or continuous new content and at a certain point leverage Facebook ads let them put your content and have it seen more to be quite honest and just like go do the things that you want to do, <laughs> which is my big thing. So I love that. And I think a lot of people are at that point, to be quite honest, because again, if you've been in business for a while, your content bank is atrocious. <laughs> and maybe, you know, back four years ago, five people saw that piece of content, but I've never brought it back out again. So it's really about leverage, which is what I love your particular way of teaching and like what it is you're teaching is really all about. So let's go ahead and walk everyone through each step of really looking at how you can start to implement this in their business. Yeah, absolutely. So the first step is what a lot of people miss as experts. You know, we know exactly what people need. We come in it from that expert perspective, but there's this gap between what people think they need and what you know as the expert that they actually need. And that's one thing that I realized really quickly. The first time I launched my tiny offer, it completely flopped. Like nobody bought it. And then I mixed it up a little bit. The second time, maybe one person bought it. And the thing that I realized that made it such a success the, the third time I launched it is that I met people where they were. And so for example, my tiny offer that I started with was a live stream calendar. It gave people 365 topics of what to talk about. 
teaching them, you know, how to do what you say you're going to do. You're going to show up every day. It's only going to take three and a half minutes. Like you just get your face in front of people because that's what makes the biggest impact. But on the back end, I know if you really want to make money from your live streams, you need to have a a call to action. You need to have a way for people to get in touch with you, you know, fill out a form, get on your email list, all those things. That was what I started with selling. Like here's a sales system that you can buy off of your live streams. And people are like, I don't want to do that. I can't even do live streams because I don't know what to say. So when I switched the messaging to like, I'm going to tell you exactly what to say every single day for a year, you have no excuses to not show up. Like that's the thing that people wake up thinking about. They're not like, Ooh, I need to sell for my live streams. They're like, I know I need to be more visible, but you know, I don't want to be on camera. I don't know what to say when I'm on camera. So I met people where they were. And then that was what made it really successful. Instead of me coming in as like the sales funnel expert, like, Oh, you need a funnel off of your live streams. That's not what they're thinking about. So I think really clearly figuring out what that gap is. And I call it the competency gap. I said it right that time. I almost always say that wrong. (laughs) I need a better way to explain this. Like figuring out what the gap is, where are your people and what are they waking up thinking about? Like, I really wish that I could be more systemized or I wish I could have, you know, a more succinct way to bring leads in, or I wish I was more visible. What are they, when they think about what they need in their business, how can you solve that problem, but also solve it? The difference in how we teach it and how other people teach it is you're not just giving them a workshop or a challenge or something that's going to take them a lot of time. You're giving them something that's going to actually save them time because mindset wise, the people that are going to buy your higher ticket stuff, they're very efficient people. They want to save time. They're willing to spend money in order to save time. They've got that efficiency mindset. They're not just lingering and kicking tires and wanting to download a bunch of freebies. Yeah. So when you can clearly you know, do templates and swipe files and pre-made things that you've likely already created for your existing customers. If you can package that up and make that your tiny offer, that makes a really big difference too. Yeah. I love that. I think it is. I love the difference between efficiency mindset. And I think the lingering mindset is your other one where it is like people, you know, it's really about, I think of it as the people who would buy like Disney fast pass (laughs) because (laughs) I am that person. (laughs) I'm like, I do not want to wait in line. So TSA pre-check I've bought whatever the tier is where you don't have to wait in line. That's always what I buy Yes, because I find my time to be valuable. And so those are the types of people you want to attract instead of just people who want to DIY it all the time. So I think that's a good point to really like hone in on. So, all right. What is the next step? If you think about the people, this is still speaking to step number one, but if you think about the people that are going to buy, you know, implementation services or one-on-one coaching or high-end masterminds, they're investing in those things because they don't want to learn it all themselves. They don't want to take all the time to develop those skills. They just want to hire the expert and run. So designing a tiny offer that, yes, it's a low price, but it's still bringing in people who are willing to pay more because of that psychological shift. Yeah. Love that. All right. Next step. That's step number one, designing the offer. Step number two is the tech to make it happen really seamlessly. If you think about how we shop these days, even on Amazon, we're used to like swiping and then getting our order delivered in two days. Like we're very, we get what we want. We don't like waiting. So if you can design your offer with the tech that will do that for them, where they can add on something with one check, 
if they one click can add on another step of the order. And you talked about this a little bit too, by not having a, you know, an additional one-time offer, but leading them into a group program application. That's totally an option as well when you're designing this type of system, but making sure the tech and the emails and everything are all in alignment to make it as simple as possible for people to add on to their order. Because especially when you are running ads, you want to, the goal of this is to like get your ad costs down by optimizing your ads, but also doing things to increase your average cart value. So the more value that each customer can bring to your business, whether that's, you know, upgrading into your high ticket thing or just adding on a $17 order bump, like those things make a lot of difference. Even adjusting the percentage points a little bit of like 15% of people took your order bump or took your one-time offer. You know, that's how this becomes a numbers game of like, how many leads can we get into your business and how much is each lead going to pay? So really using the tech, I use ClickFunnels to do the order bump and the one-time offer. You can also use Thrivecart or Samcart just to really build that seamless experience and that flow for people so that it is super simple to upgrade. But also from, you know, relationship building standpoint, you don't want people to be like, oh my gosh, she's trying to get more money from me. Like, oh, here's another upsell. Really designing it in a way that you're presenting something to them that is going to solve their next pain point. You're helping them through the journey and coming at it from a place of service instead of like, I just want to make as much money as possible. It's like how you design the flow so that it solves each pain point as they're experiencing it. And say they do buy your initial offer and your order bump. How do you figure out, you know, what's their next problem going to be if they implement everything you teach them in the first two steps? Like how do you continue to build that relationship and give them exactly what they need so that they're, you know, a raving fan, not just someone that you're trying to, you know, get money from. And I think when people call it like a tripwire, when they're teaching to sell low tickets, they're coming at it from that mindset of like, how do you just liquidate your ad spend instead of how do you build relationships with people who are buying from you so that longer term, they're going to, you know, rave about your product forever. Have you been dying to create a VIP day or virtual intensive offering, but are stuck in overthinking everything? You love what you do and how you support your clients, but lately it's become, well, too much. You may even be hitting your monthly revenue goals, but you're left completely exhausted. Yeah, been there, bought the t-shirt and the mug. Good news, I've built my virtual VIP day bootcamp that walks you through the nine steps to create and selling a one day virtual intensive. Grab the podcast only pricing of $37 for this two hour training plus tons of bonuses to build and sell your own one day virtual intensive. Since 2016, I've completely replaced monthly retainers with one day virtual intensives and VIP weekends. So join me and stop dealing with the late night slack pings, lacking control over your own calendar, chasing invoices, explaining scope creep again, you kept my drift. Head on over to systemsamey.com slash pod bootcamp. That's P-O-D-B-O-O-T-C-A-M-P and grab the goods. All right, back to the episode. And I think too, it feels less like you know, with freebies, it's like, just get as many people in your freebies as possible. Yeah. And oh my gosh, no, like that freaks me out. This sounds like a nightmare. And the intentionality of having a tiny offer, I think is what attracted me to it is that like, you know, if you are just like in kind of, and I'm a fact finder, like if you're a Colby person, I love research. So if I'm in fact finder mode, I'm not really interested in like purchasing or like actually solving the pain point when I'm ready to solve the pain point, like I'm just like ready to go all in. And so I find that you do want to find people 
freebie seekers or people who do freebies tend to just be in research mode and that's okay, right? Everybody can be in their research mode and like you want to be helping people with that next step. And so if someone's willing to put $37 as little or as much as you think that is, if they're willing to put that much money into the pain point, clearly they want that pain point solved more than somebody who's downloading a freebie. So yeah, I think that's really big. And thank you for telling uh, tools and all that fun stuff. Cause yeah, my people will geek out about all that stuff. So <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> yeah. Well, and you actually just brought up a point that I've never even thought of before, which, you know, it's like an aha moment for me too, of yeah. When people lead with a freebie, they're expecting a lot longer nurture cycle before someone's, you know, when they design that freebie funnel, it's like, okay, I'm going to give them a freebie and then I'm going to send them three weeks worth of emails and hope that at some point in that journey, they're going to be ready to buy. But you're making assumptions about the person's journey at that point where when you lead with a paid offer, they're like, bam, they're in, they can buy again. And then you keep presenting like, especially I think I bought your product too. So I think one of the first emails that you send is already talking about applications for your higher end. I don't know if it was your exact first email, but you're in, like you're already presenting the next step instead of assuming that every single person's flow is going to be the exact same. You're just making a much quicker sale. And because of that, like people might be cold traffic, but their pain points are hot. You know, like they're looking, they're actively seeking a solution to their pain point right in that moment. So even if they're technically cold traffic to you, they're like, they're ready to solve their problem and you're just giving them everything right there to do it. So yeah, I love that. Another reason why it works so well. Yep, (laughs) exactly. (laughs) Tool that I use that I really like is Member Vault and they teach there's a lot of like different tracking you can do behind the scenes. That's why I geek out of, over the numbers and the text too. So being able to see how people are using the product and just the people that are really engaged. I mean, if you're doing more of a high touch sales strategy too, if you're, if you want to combine like the automated world with the, you know, human, like let's get to know each other world, you can see who's going through your products and that's a good time to like follow them on Instagram or start commenting on their stories on Instagram and like, remember that there's a whole human element behind automations that makes them work even better. Yeah, so true. All right, what is next? Okay, step number three is traffic. So, I mean, you can have the best flow of any sort of, you know, whether it's your freebie offer or your tiny offer, making sure that you actually have enough people coming into that offer to be able to see if it's successful. And before having this tiny offer, before my clients have had tiny offers, they were only relying on referrals. Like when are people going to drop into my inbox and ask to work with me? You know, that's a really hard way to scale your business. So with having this type of structure behind your business and this type of net to catch people, one thing I mentioned earlier is having that clear ROI immediately So every day that I run ads to my tiny offer, they were either profitable or they weren't. They've been profitable since day one, fortunately, but if they weren't, I would know I could just shift the messaging a little bit. It's not like when you run a, you know, a webinar ad or when you run an ad to a freebie and then you have to wait two or three weeks to see if you're actually going to make your money back. I liked knowing right away that, okay, I made two X back. I made three X back. Now I can scale my ads and continue making that amount back. So it, it makes just... I guess a very futuristic person. So it was really nice to be able to see, okay, if this continues for six months, this is what my business is going to look like. It made consistency and, you know, projecting growth and planning for the next one, two, three years so much easier. So I think traffic is going to be step three. That's the biggest step is making sure that whether you're using Facebook ads, that's definitely like pouring gasoline on the fire and making sure that 
you know how many people are coming in, but there's also a lot you can do with organic strategy. You said yours was organic, which is awesome. I love hearing those stories too. So, you know, whether you're doing an SEO strategy, you can use Pinterest ads, you can use Google AdWords. That's one that I've recently started playing with, just thinking about different angles. So for me, it's a live stream calendar, but on Google, like what are people searching for that's related to my topic? So like maybe people are looking for selfie lights because they want to start getting more visible. Maybe they're looking for live stream platforms. I can have my Google ad based on what keywords people are searching for. So that's a, another way to think about it that so many of us are, are used to only thinking about Facebook ads because, you know, we're in this world, we're in this space. Just how can you branch out and, you know, be a little unique in where you're finding your traffic? Other ones, YouTube ads. What did I say? Pinterest, YouTube, LinkedIn also. So just really expanding your ad world outside of Facebook ads can be a really good way to do it too. Totally. Yeah. I've been looking into ads. Mm-hmm. a little bit and whatnot, which is super interesting because I like that you can target like specifically for my folks is like software yeah. because software doesn't have like millions of followers on Facebook. Like you can't really target them. And then it's like, okay, but that's where my people are. Right. <laughs> so yeah, YouTube, you're able to, because it's a keyword search, right? So it's not necessarily like acuity scheduling's page, for example, but it's just like, people's videos about acuity scheduling, like those are my people. So yeah, I like that you talk about diversifying and whatnot and organic and paid and like what that all looks like, because I'm starting to play with the paid side as like scary as that is. I've like eased into Facebook ads. It's taken me a very long time. I feel a lot more educated about it. But if you're somebody who's like, oh, Facebook ads, like nightmare, you know, take a breath and just find some, like, I'm always like, okay, if I don't know something like who is the person that I'm going to go learn it from? Because again, you can freebie yourself everywhere, but until you actually have somebody being able to like point out things or you're able to like learn, it's just a slow road. So um, if you're going to go into Facebook ads, I say go all in, even if you don't want to hire an agency, but just at least know what's going on in your ads account is my biggest thing. And the way that you teach it too is, is helpful too. with just like waterfalling. Like y'all, she started with like $17 a day. Like it wasn't and I was like in the corner. Yeah. <laughs> like hiding. I can't believe I'm spending this much on ads. <laughs> I know, right? So any amount on basic ads feels like a lot, but it's just figuring out what strategies are going to work best for you and being okay with if it is organic. It's basically like, I think Jenny says like, it's just how fast do you want the data to come in? Do you want it as fast as possible? Meaning you can make decisions based off of it, or are you okay with an organic strategy that may take you two to three weeks to know if it's working or not? So yeah, I love that you go into the, the traffic side of it because people don't think about that. They're like, yay, my offer is out there. Right. Now, why isn't anybody buying it? It's just like sitting on this digital shelf and you're just waiting for people to find it. Collecting yeah, exactly. And what is next after traffic? So step number four is knowing what you're going to do with the leads. And this is something to start thinking about, you know, before you even design your offer, how can you reverse engineer into making sure you're attracting the right people? But really identifying if you could have any business in the world, what would that business be? You know, what would your dream product be? When you have all these leads coming in and you have resources coming in, like resources as in more financial resources coming in, how do you want to build your business to be your actual dream business down the road? So what does that look like? And how do you make sure you're attracting the right people? But also, how do you start selling that to them and in a really clear way that feels like a seamless journey from your tiny offer all the way into your high ticket? 
Yep. And it is really big that that tiny offer should be directly correlated to whatever it is you're wanting them to do next. I think, especially in freebie land, for some reason, like you're just creating and again, trying to, I don't know, collect a bunch of people and there's just a lack of intentionality. And so then people even have email lists, but these people aren't buying anything. They aren't interested in anything because your freebies had no connection to what it is that you're selling them. And then it's like, what are we doing here? Yeah. So I love that you touch on, okay, what do you really want then? Like after your tiny offer, like, and thinking about that before you even put the tiny offer out there. So I think that's super, super crucial. What do you see is like in one of those like four steps, like where is it that you feel like people get trapped the most or where they get the biggest hang up? Probably the alignment between creating your tiny offer and your high ticket offer. I can't tell you how many calls I've been on with clients where they're like, well, I don't know what to design for my tiny offer. And the first question I always ask them is like, if you could have any business in three years, what would that business be? And sometimes it's a completely different version or a different, I mean, sometimes it's even like a totally different focus of their business. And it's like, you're going to have all of these people coming in. You want to make sure that you are actually attracting the people you want to work with and building towards the thing that you really want to have ultimately. So it's, there's a piece of clarity that I think a lot of people are missing or even bravery or confidence in that like you can have anything you want if you actually believe that it's possible. You just have to have that vision in your mind and then work your way backwards so that if you're going to put all this effort, because it's not easy to build a tiny offer. It's not, you're not going to design a PDF in one afternoon and have it up and running like right later that day. Like it is work to put all the pieces together. So if you are going to put in all that effort, like make sure you're bringing in the right people towards the right offer and expanding into what your ultimate dream is because why not? <laughs> why not build in that direction instead? And one of the coolest things about tiny offers is that when people, because a lot of times they'll, they contain different elements like video trainings or Trello boards or whatever. When you're doing video trainings, I mean, you can tease your higher level thing right there. Like, oh, this is something I work on with private clients or you can have case studies that, you know, let's go through these case studies as part of the tiny offer when in reality, those case studies are kind of just like testimonials for your higher level work, but it's still valuable for people to see that process and see what it looks like when you're working in action with a client that it becomes such a, an even bigger psychological shift for them of like, wow, this person really is an expert. Look at how much she's taught me, how much she's empowered me, how much she's shifted my beliefs about what's possible for my business. Of course, she's going to be the next person that I hire for this topic. Yeah, totally. Exactly. And so if you want to do another quick run through of your tools that you mentioned a little bit previously, just so that all my people can go and check them out and play around with them. Yeah. So I use ClickFunnels. Also, I run Facebook ads to a ClickFunnels page from ClickFunnels. They are tagged and triggered to go into an email sequence in ActiveCampaign. Mm-hmm. ActiveCampaign hooks up with Member Vault using a web hook that goes into the email. So the email, as soon as they go through the sequence, they are automatically added to the product in Member Vault. And then they're sent a welcome email that has their login information. This all happens without me doing anything. Add to Member Vault member without even thinking about it. And then from Member Vault, that's where I host all of my learning content. So even like my higher ticket stuff goes in there as well. Nice. Yes. So super streamlined. Not a lot of like messiness, you know, <laughs> just nice. shopping cart so they can pay email service providers so that they can be delivered the product and then learning management system so that they can, yeah. they can be in there and learning. 
get the goods. Exactly. Yeah. Nice. Well, cool. So where can people find you to learn more, to hear more about you, to connect with you, all the places? Yeah. Awesome. Thank you. So my email is alliebjerk.com. It's A-L-L-I-E-B-J-E-R-K. I married a man with a very interesting last name. So my username is pretty consistent across all the lands on the internet. So Facebook, Instagram, Pinterest, you can find me anywhere under that username. Nice. Easy enough. All those links will be in the show notes. I suggest if this piqued your interest in any way, shape or form to just go into Allie's land and just digest it all. If you want to go deeper, Allie, thank you so much again for being on the podcast. I really appreciate it. Yeah. Thank you for having me. It was fun. Thanks for listening to the System Save Me podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please leave us a review on iTunes or send a screenshot on Instagram while tagging us at System Saved Me. 